Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Inside the Winner's Circle here on the Win Life Podcast with Awilda Rivera. I am super excited because I have Amanda King-Smith with me here today. She is like the yogi business woman to know. Um, she has quite a popular podcast herself called Mastering the Business of Yoga, which I have been honored enough to be a guest on. And this international jet setter yogapreneur, if we want to call her that, um, is coming to us today all the way from Mexico. Yeah, yeah, I'm in Mexico City. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on your show today. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to get right down to the nitty gritty. And I've had a few different people on that are somewhat involved with yoga, but all of them have kind of come to it in different ways and do different things with it, you know? So I want to talk a little bit about how you came to your passion. And and when we talk about passion and purpose here on, on this show, I want to be specific with the audience, maybe if this is their first time listening, that we mean sort of the intention with which you're acting in the world and kind of the, the drive that is moving that intention. So when you decided to take this yoga business podcast and and business model on the road how did you come to that yeah yeah definitely so it was years in the making i first practiced yoga back in i think it was like 2008 when i was studying business in college and i was practicing with my mom and i didn't really love yoga at first it wasn't until i was working my first corporate job then i really found that i, I clicked with yoga it was just like one hour that i had on my mat every single day where i could turn inwards and you know a very busy world i had a busy social life super extroverted busy job that sort of thing and it was during that two-year period when i was practicing almost every day that i just felt this draw to become a teacher i was like i think i want to teach this uh, but I felt like I wasn't ready. My chaturanga was really, really poor at that point. I couldn't do a headstand for the life of me. I couldn't do anything advanced in yoga. And I just felt like, okay, I have to be able to do these things before I can become a yoga teacher. So it wasn't until a couple years later when I, I had done some more traveling. I had moved from a big city to a smaller mountain town. I had quit my corporate job and started working at Lululemon that my manager at the Lululemon that I worked with was like, this is so ridiculous. You've put this as a five-year goal, but like, why not do it this year? Why not make it a one-year goal? You should just do it now. She's like, here, here's the deal. I'll give you 30 days off for you to go do this intensive that you're really keen to do. She's like, and you've got your job when you come back. And I was like, well, <laughs> I kind of don't really have any reason to say no to that. So it was at that point that I finally dove in and became a teacher. I went to Bali, I did a 30 day intensive and I came back and immediately started teaching. I taught my first class within the first week of being home and was teaching pretty casually while working full time at Lululemon. And one of the things that I found was that I just really wasn't sure how to create a career around yoga. I felt like it hadn't been taught in my training. I felt like I was continuing to grasp at things that I kind of knew from my business background. And, you know, fast forward about six months into being a yoga teacher, my boyfriend had accepted a job in Atlanta, Georgia, where you're based. And I didn't have a work visa, so I couldn't just work for Lululemon or work a corporate job. I had to kind of figure out my own stuff. And it was at that point that I decided to start MBOM. I was looking around 
the world, the world of yoga specifically and seeing all these teachers who are super, super successful. And I was like, you know what, why are we, why are so many other teachers broke and poor and teaching 30 classes a week and not making sustainable careers? Like there's obviously something that's missing between this majority of teachers and this small group of teachers who's doing it really successfully. So I decided to just create a podcast and have a resource for people on it while being able to learn myself. I didn't have all the answers at that point. So it was a way for me to learn as well. And, you know, fast forward two years from that, uh, MBOM turned to this past February. And, you know, I've interviewed almost 100 different people and had a plethora of different conversations in the around yoga topics and in the yoga industry, and learned so much and been able to really expand my business so that I'm working with, you know, yoga teachers one on one, doing website design, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. That's fantastic. And what I hope people really can grasp onto, you know, in that story, and what I try to stress to the listeners is that, sure, this person's path may have been to yoga or to candle making, you know, because one of my guests is like a very gifted candle maker that's been, you know, gotten a lot of um, acclaim around that. But, you know, maybe that's not your path. You know, but that doesn't mean that there's a value in this story. It's not about the yoga. It's about the fact that she was able, Amanda was able to connect with knowing that this corporate thing wasn't really for her and seeing the value in this internal connection that she happened to get from yoga, even mm-hmm. though her initial interaction with it, when she was practicing with her mom back in 2008, was like, eh, uh, I think I'll pass. And not only that, but was able to say, okay, maybe I don't want to be a yoga teacher teaching in the studio, but I do feel like there's something lacking and I want to aggregate that knowledge to share it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of interesting because I, I never could have predicted this path. Like I didn't go into my yoga teacher training being like, I want to work with people on the business side of yoga. I assumed that the business side of yoga was something that I was going to learn in my training and that, you know, I wasn't going to struggle with. I'd never even considered that path. And it's, it's kind of interesting. Somebody in my private Facebook community brought up the other day that they're not really happy with their teacher training right now. And, you know, there's a ton of people who chimed in with different opinions. And what I wrote is, you know, I think that there's something always something great that can always come of things that are maybe not so good. So for my teacher teacher training program, the business section was very, very poor. Um, We didn't really cover anything. I think they told us like, oh, you should have insurance and (laughs) probably make a resume, but they didn't even tell us like what you should do around a resume. And I think for me, it kind of opened this door for, okay, well, if it's not being taught, like there's an opportunity for me here and it's something I'm really interested in. So, so that's another aspect of that. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's wonderful because so many people, it's weird because yoga in some ways is becoming like law school or something where it's like you go to law and I'm saying this from my own personal experiences I went to law school and graduated and I had no idea when I was in law school or even close to graduating that there were other careers that you could have with your law degree that Mm -hmm. were behind the scenes but maybe not being a lawyer right so similarly in yoga teacher training I think a lot of people are not aware that there are other careers you can have that utilize your yoga and you can, you know, make a profession out of it that aren't just being a yoga teacher at a yoga studio. Absolutely. One of the things that I found really 
kind of interesting when I was in my teacher training is there was all these conversations around what are you going to do after training? Do you want to actually teach? And a lot of people said, I want to open a yoga studio. And I felt like that was a really interesting, interesting thing that people went to. And I was kind of like, well, why do you want to open a yoga studio? And they're like, well, that's how you're successful in the yoga industry. And in my mind, my mind went to like the, that more business element because I had that business background, that business degree and had worked in corporate. I'm like, well, do you want to run a brick and mortar? Like, that's amazing if you do. There's a lot of benefits to that. But it's also it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle choice that you're deciding to dive into when you when you choose that. And it, it seemed like you could see like the wheels turning on people's faces where they're like, oh, I hadn't really thought about it as something like actually running a business. And, and that was one of the like sort of mini light bulb moments where it's like, I think there's a lot more you can do in this industry. And just like you said, absolutely. I mean, this, the sky is kind of limitless when it comes to things that you can do in the industry if you just start thinking creatively. Yeah, and something that you said there is, I, I really wanna highlight it because it's so beautiful. I keep seeing this theme with the guests that are coming on where, you know, you're saying to people, because you've already figured out to yourself, hey, hold on, are you doing that because that's what you wanna do? That's how you define success? Or have you taken a second to think about what you actually want? Or is that just like, oh, well, that's what other people say I should do, so that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, for sure. I think that's even around like teaching in studios. People just assume that in order to be a yoga teacher, you need to teach in studios. And I think that for sure, teaching in studios is an amazing way to build up your following, to get those teaching hours, especially when you're new. But I think that you don't have to teach in studios forever. Like you don't have to be, you know, a studio teacher if that's not something that suits you. I think it's really getting clear on what excites you, what makes you feel fired up to wake up every day, as opposed to just doing the things that everyone else is doing. So that's a great segue. So talking about how, you know, obviously sharing this knowledge about the business side of an industry that is growing, like, I don't even know what is in a, I can't even think of a term to capture the exponential. I think it's the best way to put this exponential growth of the wellness industry, of the yoga industry. And I mean, people coming out, yoga teachers are just getting churned out left and right out here. Okay. Mm -hmm. But at least in the U S I can't speak to other countries. Um, mm -hmm. So in terms of how you're taking this passion for business and, and sharing this knowledge and bringing that to others, what are you really hoping to, to kind of accomplish or, or what do you want your legacy to be in terms of sharing this knowledge? Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. I think that my biggest thing is that I want to see a shift in the industry. I want conversations to not be around how broke we are how burnt out we are, how we got into this thing because we loved it and now we don't love it anymore. And I really believe that by having business acumen and by having the skills to market ourselves and sell ourselves and have other offerings and just understanding how to connect with your audience, I think that you know yoga teachers can make so much more money. And absolutely, I want to acknowledge that you know yoga doesn't need to be about money, but I think that at the end of the day, you know, we need to support ourselves. We need to pay our water bills. We need to have a roof over our heads. We need to eat. And I think that when we all get really clear and honest with ourselves, we kind of understand that money is an important aspect of it. And, you know, of course you can have a part-time job while teaching yoga if you don't want the yoga to be about money. But I think that, 
you know, one of the things that I strive to teach people is that you can make money and still feel authentic. You can make money and still own at the end of class and not feel like you're somebody who's like scheming people or being greasy. Like you can absolutely <laughs> do those things. And so I, I just really, you know, down the road, like five, 10 years, like I would love to have known that I was a part of that shift. I would love to see yoga teachers just thriving and creating sustainable businesses and, and know that I was a part of what, what helped that shift. And so that's, I mean, that's very, um, that's powerful because we live in a time when there are so many experts and um, people offering to help in different ways. And, and I don't say that to demean the industry or the people offering their help, but there's just a lot to kind of sift through and discern. And something that I really like about what you're bringing to the table and what you're doing is that you are not just saying, hey, I know everything about the business of yoga. You're saying, mm -hmm. no, I'm going on a journey to make sure I learn the best practices and I wanna bring all of you along with me. And as I do that and as I become more adept at it, I also wanna offer you resources and tools. And what I think is fantastic is that that authenticity of you being on that journey, you living your passion and your purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Of being in this industry and helping others has led to you being recognized by various other institutions and organizations and asked to come on as a uh, like a business coach for other YTTs and stuff like that. So, you know, can you talk a little bit to, you know, how it is that you're really getting out there and, and kind of getting in the field when people are coming to you and, and seeking you out? Yeah, for sure. So I think that one thing that I want to acknowledge with that is that I I think that, you know, comparison and competition can be really dangerous for, for your business, especially as a small business. I very much believe in collaboration over competition. And I think that the more people who are doing what I'm doing is the way that we can have a shift. The more people who are acting as business coaches for yoga teachers, the more people who are putting out business resources. So I really love that over the last, like, year-ish, I've been able to connect with a lot of people who are doing really similar things to me. And I think that within that, it's like you're obviously reaching somebody different or different people uh, just based on your wording, based on your language, based on who you are. And, you know, if you keep just putting that stuff out there, you're really going to find your tribe authentically. Um, so that's that's part of my standpoint with that. And then the other way that I, I connect with people is is through my podcast. And, um, you know, it's out. It's on iTunes. It's been on iTunes since before there were other yoga business podcasts. So uh, it's it's easy to find. And I have a, a fairly good listenership with that. And I think that people people who resonate with my message find other ways to interact with me. So they follow on Instagram, they join my private Facebook community, which is Yoga Business Badasses. They reach out, we work one-on-one -on -one together. And certainly in that, I'm sure that there's people who have listened to the podcast and thought, this isn't for me, this isn't the person I wanna connect with, I don't agree with her messaging, and that's okay. Uh, fortunately, there's lots of other you know yoga podcasts out there and hopefully they can find a podcast that really resonates with them because at the end of the day, I just think that we all need to be learning and growing and finding people whose message we really resonate with in order to do that. That is, I think that's really it, it in the sense that I hope that people are really listening and again, not taking it out of context and saying, oh, well, this is only in the context of a yoga and a yoga podcast. No, 
this is in the context of finding any type of mentor. When you're mm-hmm. trying to win at life and you're really trying to, you know, accomplish the goals that you're setting, it's important to find mentors and people out there that really resonate with you. And what I love about what Amanda's saying is like she recognizes her role, right, as being a resource and she is comfortably detached from whoever is taking in her message that is it's not for them because she knows that she's not doing it for the purpose of fame. She's mm-hmm. doing it for the people that are going to hear it and are it's going to serve them and are, you know, maybe going to take the next step and reach out and say, hey, you know, I'm trying to level up here and I think you're the person that can help me do it. And so, you know, whether you're a lawyer or a painter or in sales, you know, and you're looking to find that mentor, it's okay to kind of be discerning and and maybe say this person isn't for me and keep looking around because you are going to find that person whose message resonates with you and that is going to help you. So I think that's really important. And the other thing that Amanda really touched on is ultimately in any industry, whether you are a career professional or you're an entrepreneur, learning and growing in your industry and as a person is so essential to remaining in a sort of upward swing. And I don't mean like you're never going to get upset or you're never going to take a, you know, have a bad day, but in terms of Mm -hmm. avoiding stagnancy, and I know you can speak to this, Amanda, because you got to stay nimble. You got to stay on your feet to make sure that you're bringing content. If you're an entrepreneur or products, or if you're a professional, you know, delivering the work product and, and building your brand um, in a way that's important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that it's always important to be looking at like, what's working, what's not, what's trending, what's not working. And that's one of the things that I love about podcasting. I'm sure you can relate to this is that, you know, for example, a couple weeks ago, I had a uh, social media expert on who can talk way, way more concisely about the new Facebook algorithm than I can, because he's in it every single day. And I'm, you know, kind of one of those business owners that's fluttering around a little bit, a little bit being like, is this working? Is this not working? Why is nobody seeing this? I don't get it. (laughs) And it's nice that I can learn from him and I can share that with my audience and that they can learn those things as well. And that, you know, I I think that that's really great. And I, I also wanted to just kind of acknowledge if somebody's listening and they're like, man, you know, I suffer from comparison or competition. Like I definitely did the work to kind of move through that. And I still have moments where I'm like, oh, you know, that person's group is bigger than mine or, you know, they're, they have more coaching clients than I do, or looks like their website's getting more traffic. And I, I think that one of the things that's really helped me with that is just keeping my head in my own lane, like putting my head down and doing the work and remembering that I'm not doing this work for those people who are doing similar stuff. I'm not trying to compete with them. I'm just trying to, you know, do my best in my own lane. And I've, I find a journaling practice helps a lot with that. So just if anyone out there is like, oh God, I don't know how to get over that. That's that's sort of what I've done. No, that's perfect actually, because it brings me to my third kind of wrap question on here, which is, okay, so you were able to identify your passion and purpose in terms of connecting with yoga as the vehicle through which you're going to help people and the vehicle through which you're going to make an impact. You've been able to create an audience and a platform for yourself through your podcast and through your website where you're sharing information and people are experiencing growth and transformation, right? And you've talked about learning and growth and people making sure they keep their head in their lane. So if 
there is nothing else that they remember from today, right? And they're like, oh, there was just so much, you know, because you have shared a, a wealth <laughs> of knowledge already in this short time. If there's no other message, what is your one message to the person who's like, man, I do want to keep my head in my lane. I want to, you know, I want to be in the winner's circle like Amanda. You know, what, what should, what is one thing that you would tell them? Like, just remember this. Yeah, how do you just pick one thing? Man, there's so many that come to mind. <laughs> I think that getting really clear on what it is that you want is really important. I think that the world is really, really busy. There's a lot of chaos. I mean, if you go on Instagram and kind of surf through your feed, like say you are a yoga teacher and you follow other yoga teachers and you start looking at what they're doing, you'll come away with all these different feelings, maybe inspiration of all these other things you could do in your business, which can be cool. But you can also come away with these feelings of lack, like you're not doing enough. And I think that when we can get really clear on what it is that we want, then we can go into this chaos and we can go into these noisy environments and we can acknowledge, oh, it's really cool that that person's doing that. That's not something that serves me in my business. That's not something I'm working towards right now. So I think that really understanding the direction that you're going and, and getting clear on that is, is super, super important. And, you know, just to add one more, I know you only said one, but I think just, just go for it. Just do it. If there's something that you feel a longing to do, if it's a side hustle, if it's a career change, if it's like a training program of any sort, yoga or non-yoga related, and you just feel like this might be the direction of where you want to go, stop resisting it listen to the your, that gut intuition and just do it because you know at the end of the day you're not going to regret that type of thing i think i'm so glad you did too oh yeah <laughs> i mean i try to keep the podcast a certain length so that's i'm like give me one but i'm really glad <laughs> that you did too because i think they go so beautifully together one right saying essentially know your trajectory be comfortable in what that is and basically let that be your comfort zone. And when you know that all the chatter, all the distractions are less and you're able to navigate that world better. And once you're there, commit to it and get out there and do the work, right? Because mm -hmm. you have, there's an element of sort of fearlessness to that. And one thing that I don't, I mean, we almost need to do another episode on it, honestly, um, is we didn't even talk about how when you do that, as, you know, using Amanda as an example, you end up traveling the world, living all over the globe, you know, Mexico, Canada, doing all these different trainings, being able to be in, not even to sound cliche, but in your authentic happiness. And mm -hmm. maybe for you, the listener, you know, it's being a hermit in a cabin or you know being in a big city and you live in a small town or traveling the globe similarly but whatever it is this sort of equation of alignment and clarity plus execution equals accomplishing your goals yeah absolutely i i couldn't have said that better i think you summed that up really nicely and it, it is for sure that for me travel is something i'm really passionate about and my boyfriend and i kind of looked at our lives and said you know we love traveling but we were on these like stints of working full-time like working our asses off and then quitting our jobs selling our stuff and we're like this isn't sustainable long term so how can we add travel into our life regularly and, and do something we love. And we, we settled on kind of nomadic life 
at least for now. And so it's something that we've just been working at for the last couple of years. And I think that when, again, when you identify what it is that you want, what it is that you're passionate about, what it is that makes you feel excited to wake up in the morning, you can put your head down and do the work and just, and just go for it and create a life that you really love. Yeah. And I mean, dang, Amanda, you've, you've said so many wonderful things. And I think the last thing I just want to highlight is what you said, you know, passion and intention. What is it that makes you really excited? And it's not just passion like, ah, because sometimes yeah. passion is no matter what, I still want to do this. This idea yeah. won't go away, right? Sometimes it's not like wake up in the middle of the night passion, but it's like, man, no matter what, I still want to travel and just be not, you know, working a nine to five. So whatever that is, whatever that looks like, even if it's different, from what your parents want you to do or what society tells you you should do. As long as you're clear that that's what you want, you can accomplish it. You know, and Amanda is a great example of that. That's why I'm so happy she agreed to be on the show because again, she's living in her passion and purpose and she's doing so in a selfish and unselfish way. And I mean, selfish in the sense that she's clear on what she wants and she's doing it not to please other people but mm -hmm. unselfishly sharing all the knowledge of how to unlock this great joy with others. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And thank you. Um, yeah, I think that it's, it can definitely be challenging to go after your dreams at times uh, whenever, you know, things are hard. And I'm like, why did I quit that easy paying corporate job? My boyfriend always reminds me that uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing in life that's, that's worth, worth working for is comes easy. So you know, it's, it's a journey for sure. And you know, as a yoga teacher, as a podcast host yourself, as, as somebody who's also trying to inspire people to live their best lives, it can be hard when people, you know, send an email that's not so nice or leave a not so nice review or they don't resonate with you. But at the end of the day, you just have to be really clear on your why, why you're doing what you're doing and just put your head down and keep doing the work. So again, Amanda, thank you so much for being on. Before we go, where can people connect with you? I know you mentioned Yoga Business Badasses Facebook group. The website is? Yes, it's MBOM Yoga. So M-B-O-M yoga.com. And then I'm mastering the business of yoga on Facebook and Instagram. And then Yoga Business Badasses is the private Facebook community. So you just search that and then ask to come in and I'll, I'll let you in. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you again so much. It has been such an honor and a pleasure. And until next time, you guys get out there and win life. Thank you. Do you enjoy the content being brought to you on Win Life with Wilder Rivera? If so, click the support button now and become a patron or go to anchor.fm forward slash win life forward slash support. Thanks for listening.